Hello, listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us again. This is the Minnesota State University Mankato Family uh, Orientation Podcast. We're here with another episode about some great resources that we're going to share with you about the university to help your student be very successful during their time here. Today's focus is really on undergraduate education resources um, that are available to help your student be successful in class with some of the outside resources that we have available for them. And, and joining us here today, we have Dr. Jennifer Veltzos. She is our Interim Associate Vice President for Undergraduate Education and uh, has a great history here at the university and has lots of good stuff to share with us today. So Jennifer, before we um, jump into some of the content, how long have you been here and, and what do you like about working at MSU? I've been working for MSU since uh, for about 20 years. There was a break in the middle when I went off to get a PhD and then I came right back and I've been teaching in the English department ever since. Um, I started out teaching how to use computers and it was, it was an adjunct position and I just loved the institution so much. I loved the interactions with the students that after about a year, I just decided that was the, this was it. This is where I wanted to be. Um, what I love about the institution, I really believe in the mission of Minnesota State. I came from um, public institutions and I see myself a lot in the students that we have here. I see the institution as a, a starting point for the future and a way to help them get going with whatever it is that they want to do in their lives. I, I just think that we offer a lot of opportunities and the amount of things that students can study and the things that they can do here. It's just really inspiring. Oh, that's wonderful. I am a firm believer in the power of public education as well. And, and uh, I'm actually married to an alum, so I, I get to live it and breathe it, see what the success looks like for a maverick. So it's, it's great. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're not here just solely because of your great feelings for the university. We're here to learn a little bit more of what are some of the resources here at the university that can help our students be successful. Like many universities and, and high schools that students are coming from, we are fortunate enough to have a library that, that has lots of resources um, beyond just books. Can you share with us a little bit more what the library offers for our students? Sure. And I'm glad you said that it's more than books because it really is. We do have a big collection of books, of course. But I think the biggest resource that we have are the library staff, that they have the kind of expertise that can help students find information, evaluate its quality. They can help students develop critical thinking skills, locate resources. And then beyond just the staff, there's the things that students can do in the building. So we've got print books and journals, but we've also got ebooks. We've got things that students can check out for a couple of hours at a time, like textbooks. And uh, we've got streaming videos. So all of these types of electronic resources. And then some things that students might not really think about um, include things like study rooms all over the library for individuals and small groups to get together to work on projects. There are computers all over the library for students to work on assignments, but there's also a place where you can check out laptops to take them home to do work on your own. There are cameras and headphones and microphones and all sorts of things that students need to do their assignments and class projects, DVDs of new and classic movies. And then I'm gonna tell you my probably the best kept secret and my favorite part of the library is 
that there is a collection of board games that you can check out to take home to play oh. with your friends and family. I discovered that about three years ago, and it has saved my family a lot of money. The library is a lot more than books. It is there to help students whenever they need it, all day and really late into the night. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I know from a, a survey I saw that was conducted last year that that's the preferred spot for most students to study if they're on the campus. And, and if you spend any evening there, you get a sense of the traffic. It's pretty high. So that's it's good to know. And I never knew about the board games. That's pretty amazing. It's great. What we've done is we've tried out games to see if they're worth spending the money. Oh, sure. And then if it is, then then we go buy a copy for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a totally separate podcast we should explore. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, beyond the library, we know some students are coming to us that, that have had um, uh, needed additional support when they were in high school, maybe because of a learning disability or or, or, or some other factor that they might've been placed on the IEP or independent education plan um, for those that may not be as familiar with that. How do we help support students that may have those needs from before during their time here at the university? The Office of Accessibility Resources is located in the lower level of the Memorial Library. And that's where a student would go to get that kind of support. They'll need to make an appointment and bring in some documentation and work with one of the people in the office to create a custom accommodation plan. Um, No two students are the same, and so their accommodation plans are different as well. But some of the more common types of accommodations include extended time on exams, um, note-taking support, uh, the screen readers, they can help students get access to that, to, to listen to documents. There's advocacy on the part of the students, or even if the student's gonna be out for an extended time because of illness. Accessibility resources can help the student prepare for that and come back from that and also communicate with their instructors while they're gone. Mm. Oh, that's super helpful. Um, And that's, I imagine, going to be a super helpful resource. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're going to have some students who who are going to have some interruptions, probably health condition-wise, just as a natural part. Students get sick anytime um, Mm -hmm. throughout the year, but this year in particular, to know that kind of resources that's gonna be good to know um, for a lot of students and families. It can take a lot of strain off of the student because then they make one call to accessibility resources and accessibility resources can then call everyone else Mm -hmm. or email everyone else. So the student's not having to track down their instructors. Right, right, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So the last question was kind of about students that, that had identified they needed additional assistance before. But we know all of our students may find themselves in a course or a class or, or with an assignment that's, that's a little bit harder and really pushing their, their learning boundaries, if you will, and, um, and, and may need some kind of assistance, whether it's in math or reading or English or something like that. What, what kind of resources does the university have for that sort of thing? The Center for Academic Success is what we call informally, uh, informally it's known as the tutoring center. So this is where students can go to get free math, science, business tutoring. There's a writing center in there that can help students with writing assignments in any of their classes. Um, We're really happy that this resource exists because students struggle in their classes, but it's not just for the struggling students. If a student is trying to get into a really competitive major, 
or trying to get into graduate school, they want to keep that GPA high. Mm -hmm. And so they can go and take advantage of these services as well. The Center for Academic Success does keep track of it, the students that it's helped. And the data shows that the students who use their services just do better than the students who don't. They're also located in the lower level of the library. You're going to see a theme right. here. <laughs> the library is the hub. Wow, that's amazing. So is it, you say all students, so even upper class students, not just first year students can use that center? Exactly, yeah. Um, any major can go in. There's a bunch of different uh, tutoring. If there's demand, the tutoring center will add uh, specialized tutoring for it, but often they can point you to resources. So I would recommend that any student, wherever they are from freshman to, to graduating senior, I, I would recommend that they try out the services at the Center for Academic Success. Hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially if the students are having that kind of success in using, using that center. I, I have the benefit of working here at the university, so I'm aware that we are, our main kind of theme is big ideas, real world thinking. And so we're always trying to apply new strategies, new approaches to help um, our students succeed um, in the classroom, outside the classroom. Last year, we really started to dip our toe into a whole new model of helping students in classes. It might be a little bit harder, and, and that program's growing. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Sure. That one's called MathPass. It is a peer academic support service for students. And it's connected to a bunch of the classes that are a little trickier for students. Um, they tend to be difficult things like calculus, physics, accounting, uh, both macro and microeconomics. And we're expanding that out a little bit more every semester. Um, so with MathPass, we find undergraduate students who have completed the course and done really well in it. And we hire them to sit in on the course again this time they're taking notes and they're following along so they know exactly what the students are hearing from the instructor. Mm -hmm. And then the student leader facilitates study sessions to help students learn tricks for studying the content, for doing well on the exams, and just generally doing well in that particular course. So while the tutoring center focuses more on content, MathPass focuses more on the act of learning material. Um, it, it's not attached to every class, but it is growing and the data so far has been really promising in terms of helping students earn higher grades in these difficult classes. Um, it is free, like all of these services, of course, and it's confidential because students don't always want to admit that they're struggling. They don't necessarily want their instructor to know that they're seeking help. So that's really important to us that it is confidential. The instructor is going to talk about MathPass quite a bit, but they're not going to know who's actually showing up at the sessions. Oh, that sounds incredible to have that kind of uh, support and, and resource available for you. If a or as a student's moving into the registration period this summer, how do they just say to their advisor, I'd love to explore, I know I need to take this, is, could I get a math pass type course, or how does a student find that? The courses that we're supporting are on the math pass webpage on the university website. We've just added a couple more, so um, I think the going to the website is the most up-to-date place 
but the advisors should know which courses are being supported as well. Wonderful. Well, that's great. And uh, I'm excited to see that that's a resource that we're continuing to expand here at the university and, and be on the forefront of, of leading the country really in this area. So that's, that's phenomenal. Another area that um, it takes a lot of energy uh, or focus of our students is the opportunity to not only live in our residence halls and, and where they'll do a lot of studying and living and such, but we also have some academic opportunities to live in a residence hall and, and explore more in some programs called learning communities. Um, they also, I know, are underneath your umbrella of responsibilities. Can you tell us more about those? Sure. Learning communities are groups of students who are coming together either because they're studying a similar major or they have some other characteristic in common. And we encourage them to live together in the dorms. They have a peer mentor, what we call a learning community coordinator. And the coordinator organizes study sessions. They will introduce students to faculty that they think the students should get to know. They plan social networking events, um, and they just generally help the students transition into college life and get to know the institution. Um, there's some extra support that through learning communities that I think is really helpful for students. The one difference that we're doing this year, though, is that because we know that everyone has different levels of comfort that some students might not be living in the dorms, but still wanna participate in learning communities. For next year only, we are including students who are not living in the dorms in those learning communities. We certainly recommend that they do live in, on campus because that's where the informal learning is taking place. That's where the networking is taking place. And that's where you're finding your people. But we want to make sure that it's open to as many students as possible in what's looking to be an unusual year for us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, are there some learning communities that are more popular than, than others? Or, or what are some of the, the, the most uh, requested, I guess? <laughs> I think um, some of the ones associated with allied health and nursing are really popular. Those are competitive majors over there. And so those students tend to group together and help each other out. The learning communities do provide a lot of support in that way. But we've got learning communities associated with almost every college. We've got some associated with other characteristics like um, the African-American Affairs group out of diversity and inclusion has a BU learning community. Um, so we're, we try to come up with themes that would interest students in a variety of different ways. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And, and um, my professional background is campus housing. So I, I know that students that do engage in learning communities tend to have a much higher uh, retention rate, move towards graduation in a more timely manner. And so um, huge two thumbs up for those programs. And I'm glad to see that we continue to expand them. And provide more opportunities for students not only living on campus, but those living off. Yeah. Um, this is probably an appropriate segue as well for those of you that are listening. Um, I, we will have a housing-focused podcast coming up to talk more about that because that is a frequent question we, we know we're getting as a university about what's the plan, can students room together and those things. And um, stay tuned, we'll have that here for you shortly. Jennifer, gosh, I can't begin to thank you enough for all the various things that you're doing here at the university in addition to 
the good stuff that you're setting up for our students to be successful. You know, you've got years of experience in the classroom as well. You know, from, from that experience, are there any final tips or, or, or wishes you might give to a student and then in particular the family to help support the student during their, their time here at the university? Sure. I think one of the most important things for any new student is to just ask for help. This is all new. Every bit of this next year is going to be brand new to you. And you're not really going to know where to find things or who to ask. So just reach out to someone and say, I'm, I need information about registering for classes or buying a meal plan. And you'll find the people around here who can point you in the right direction. But it's kind of like my dad used to say, if you don't ask, you don't get. So just, just reach out and ask. Another important thing that I would want all students to know is that the faculty are available outside of classes to answer questions. Um, Every faculty member has a certain number of office hours. And in the past year, I've kind of become uncomfortable with that term because it sounds really intimidating, but it's literally just, we're sitting in our offices waiting for students to come by and ask questions. So I think student hours would probably be a better term for it. But when your faculty member puts office hours on their website or on the syllabus, that means that's when they're there waiting for you so that they can answer questions and help you out. So please take advantage of that. Right. I remember um, um, during my undergraduate experience, I had, I didn't, like many students, I probably didn't learn it early enough, you know, that, that somebody, I think it was a junior and upclass student, finally encouraging, just swing by the office hours to introduce yourself. You don't even have to have a question because at some point you're going to need a reference letter or something to lean on. And so um, faculty love that. In particular, if it's a course you're doing well in, they double love that because it's, it's somebody that they're going to be invested in as well. And so um, that's great advice and, and has been true for ages. And that one that, that, that uh, unfortunately not enough people probably take advantage of. Any other um, closing thoughts or, or things you want us to know about any of the services we have here at the university? I would just say you can find out more about any of these services on the MSU website. Each one has its individual page. Um, the Memorial Library does tend to be a physical hub for these services, and it's sort of the metaphorical heart of the institution. So they're always a good place to go to study, to find resources, to get tutoring help, or any of the things that I've talked about. And as a parting thought, I would just like to tell all the parents and the students who might be listening that we're just really happy that you chose Minnesota State Mankato. I love this place. David loves this place. I think your students are going to love it too. Uh, I can't imagine ending on a better note. So Dr. Valsos, thank you so much for your time um, on this podcast. And uh, again, she identified where to find some resources. And, and there's always the new student and family program um, office that, that if you just reach out to them, they'll get you directed to where you may need to go if you have a question as well. Um, again, listeners, thanks for, thanks for spending some time with us today and um, watch for the next episode somewhat shortly. Thanks and have a, have a good day. 